0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I especially love connecting with other like-minded women and sharing their story. I'm your host, Katerina Budinova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb and welcome to the third episode of the Woman in Architecture series. Today's episode is with Catherine Pepperd. and a little background on how I know Catherine. She's actually the mother-in-law of my cousin, Vedu. Yes, the same Vedu has, who has also been on the podcast, and we got to sit down to discuss how she first started her architecture journey in Ireland and ended up being an architect in California, from relearning construction methods after moving from Ireland to California, and getting the hang of the construction process here, to getting her license and eventually becoming her own boss. Catherine also shares stories from working on the Disney castle. So let's dive into the episode. All right, well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on to From the Honeycomb, and welcome. I am so excited for you to be part of this month's Woman in Architecture series.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It's lovely to have you.
0: Thank you. All right, so before we begin every episode, I like to take a moment to kind of ground down and think of something we are grateful for in this present moment, whatever it may be, small or large, whatever has brought you a sense of gratitude in the present moment.
1: Just right now.
0: Just right, just right just now right, it's let's... going to be the
1: ceiling fan. <laughs> air conditioning. If I can get it a moving wind would be lovely.
0: No, absolutely. We are recording right now in Huntington Beach, California, and it has been record I think we're gonna get record breaking temperatures right now. So I completely understand. And with that I guess I'll be I'll say I'm grateful I do have <laughs> air conditioning. <laughs> I do. I do. We do live closer to the ocean. We haven't turned it on yet this season. But this week? No, you did? no. No, this whole summer. You haven't turned it on yet? We haven't turned it on Not yet. Not even today. Not even today. We did test it on Tuesday just to make sure it works. Uh huh. And it worked and uh-huh. we turned it off. But we live we our whole apartment faces east. So we never get that west facing sun. Okay. So we're good there. But good. No. good. Grateful for air conditioning, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, should have recorded no, at my place.
1: <laughs> I should have gone down. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, Catherine, share with us your kind of architecture journey. Where are you now? And what made you become an architect?
1: Well, those are so far apart from what made me want to do architecture and where I am now this long time ago. I always wanted to be an architect ever since I was eight and I knew that in the playground, you know, i would sit in the dirt and you'd get all the stones and I'd do my floor plans. Didn't know what an architect was, but I remember one of the girls coming to me, one of my classmates saying, if you ever design a house, will you please make sure that nobody can see the kitchen when they come in the front door? And I said, why? And she said, because it's always such a mess. <laughs> she, was, she was probably eight or nine. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's so relevant, I suppose, you know. And uh, it made me realise that everybody had, you know, so many different tastes and, and, and wants and needs. So, so that was the start of it. And then I went to college in Ireland. I went to te- technical college. Why well, I couldn't get into the college, college. In, in Ireland because it needed physics. And I found out that that Easter... Because I've gone to an all-girls school with the nuns, mm-hmm. and they didn't do physics. Oh. So I thought, oh, I'll buy a physics book and I'll learn it. <laughs> and actually, I got halfway through the physics book before I realized I couldn't go any further. And I had nobody to, you know, to guide me through it or to turn, tutor me. So um, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of nervous because there wasn't anything else I wanted to do. And then somebody, we had, we had a few stores, my family, and somebody came into the store and spoke to my mother and said her son I was going to go to a new technical college that had just opened. Why didn't I go there? So I got my bike and drove and cycled down to the college and walked in and met with the head of the college and asked him, could I do the course? And he said, yeah, sure. Starts wow. next week. We'll see you then. Wow. That was it. Wow. And it was a... Two-year course and a break and then you did your third year and it was in quantity surveying and architectural what do they call it? Not drafting some an, an architectural technician. Mm, okay. So I did that for the four years and worked with an engine a structural engineering firm in the interim. And then um I worked with an architect. I got a job with an architect right away. It was just he by himself. He had a small just his own firm. And I was with him for seven years. Wow. And it was wonderful. He let me do anything I wanted to. We would go out, do survey fields, you know, with the mm-hmm. change and the theodolites and whatnot. We were doing design, construction, management. We were doing all the payments for the contractors. It was everything. Wow. Everything. I was so lucky. And then after that, I emigrated to Australia. I was there for a year, working for a nice big architectural firm there. And then eventually came over here, borrowed my husband's uncle's jaguar, crashed it, realized I had to get a job to get it fixed, saw a big advertisement for condominiums on Sunset Boulevard, the name of the architects. So I called them up and got a job with them.
0: Wow, look at that.
1: (laughs) And that's how I started over here in the U.S. But it was very difficult for me, well, a bit challenging for me in the beginning because everybody everyone was talking about two by fours. And I'm going, what's a two by four? Mm. <laughs> and then I realized everybody was building the homes out of wood frame and I mm. thought, are you crazy? Because mm. in Ireland we do everything with CMU, concrete masonry oh, unit right. block, CMU yeah. and bricks mm. and slates on the roofs and whatnot. Uh, so I had to relearn all my construction theory and and that, that, that took a little while, and, but eventually I got the hang of it. And then when we moved up to Santa Rosa, there was a last of a few years and I couldn't really get work up there. But I did realize I had to start getting my license as an architect. So I started studying while I was up there. I think the ARE, the Architectural Licensing Board, gave me a credit of six months for mm-hmm. all the work and college that I had. And that mm-hmm. was it and you needed a seven years experience at that time mm-hmm. to be recognized as an architect and to be able to do the exam. So eventually I had all that when I moved back down here to Huntington Beach and worked again with um, a medium-sized architectural firm. And my boss, her name was Bonnie. Oh, she was great, absolutely great. Very encouraging. Love working with women. Love mm-hmm. working with women in architecture. The guys were great too, but there was something about the women. They were a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. and uh so so that was working with bonnie, and eventually uh eventually I got my license and uh took me a couple of tries. The interview is probably the most was probably the scariest part of it all you know you know, you're going in kind of sweating a little bit, hoping you don't make an idiot of of yourself you know but uh, yeah, I passed that too. And then my husband had his own firm, a really large firm, and I worked with him for a while. wasn't too keen on it. He was doing a lot of the wireless, wireless projects. That was the start of at t you know, and the wireless phones. And then I managed through one of those projects, one of them they had over in Disney, and I worked. We had a contract with the Disney to do the the, the wireless design and. Uh, construction administration. And while I was there, one of the architects said to me, you know, know, we hire outside architects to do other work. You want, are you interested? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. So we had an interview and Mm -hmm. off we went. And that was 15 years ago. Wow! Started working with Disney.
0: I remember you told me a story on how you, I think when we first met, how you worked on the Disney castle.
1: Oh yes, we finished that about two years ago.
0: Wow, how was that? I'd love to hear about it. I love Disney, anything (laughs) Disney. So I'm super excited about that. So
1: they were re-roofing it. Okay. And I had done, about five years prior to that, I'd done another roofing project on the castle as well. Mm -hmm. So as you look over the parapets of the castle, it's all flat roof, but what you don't realize is that they have all these lights and other paraphernalia that's running all across the roofs. We went and we, we had to do the construction documents because everything has a set of construction documents per the Disney standards and that goes out to the contractors and they have their own contractors, preferred contractors, who are all union but they're all used to working with the Disney so everybody gets a set of the construction documents and then they give in their bids. So we were working on that and I remember at one stage what the other thing they wanted to do was they wanted to replace one of the windows up in the towers mm. and was up in the very, very top of the tower and those towers aren't very wide. The perspective makes them look long, tall and wide and long and kind of more narrow at the top but they're just narrow going straight up and somebody had to get up and measure the window. Wow. So I had to do that because I'm kind of small anyway so off I went and uh, I remember climbing up the ladder and it was a bit claustrophobic bit claustrophobic and I had a scarf on my head and I had a scarf around my mouth and I was wearing gloves because what did happen in that little window was the birds would come in and they'd die. Oh my gosh. And there was bird poop everywhere and the smell in it, it was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> and I got off, took my measurements and went back down again. Never want to do that again. Never, never, never. That was, that was the worst of it. So that was that project we did. And then about two years ago, was it two, three years ago, two years ago, 2019, they had another re-roof, but this one was different. This time they were going to do all the turrets.
0: Mm.
1: And all the turrets, all the turrets and all, all the pitched roofs. All the pitched roofs have uh, cedar shakes, and they're all painted, and then they have the finials on the top. So this project involved replacing all the, all the pitched roofs, the finials, and all the turrets. And the pitched roofs have the cedar shakes, they're all painted. All the finials, we had, once the finials came off, some of them had to be remade. So we had to redraw and measure each part of the finial, each run, and each run would be about six feet, maybe long. So we'd go to the warehouse and we'd lay them down in a piece of paper and just trace over them and get all the dimensions. So that because some of them had fallen off and they had to be replaced. All the finials are um, finished with gold leaf. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we got to see the gold leaf. It's about two inches by one inch. You see them applying Mm -hmm. it. What else? Oh, the turrets. So the turrets are FRP and they had to be replaced. So Mm -hmm. the turrets had to be taken off. We didn't even know how they were fixed to the structure below. We had Mm -hmm. to guess and we had to create attachment details based on what we thought they were done. Because what would happen is with the schedule, As soon as they take off a turret, they'd have to put it on, back on the new one that night. Right. Because
0: the magic, of the magic
1: can't change, you see. Now, they did put scrim around and a lot of scaffolding when they were doing it, but you would still see the turrets way, way in the top. The Scaffolding was wonderful. It must have been four or five stories high. Wow. Yeah, I got a great view of the park oh. when we are up there. But we would be up there maybe once a week measuring and remeasuring everything and when the contractors were up there and they took our part of the roof and then we had to maybe fix, you know, replace some, some of the rafters or uh, the joists, you know, you had the damaged wood or maybe the plywood, everything had to be code, everything had, had to be a class A assembly, which you mm-hmm. know about,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the, uh, the cedar shakes had to, I think they were class B. So you've all that code information that had to go in with the whole Set of construction documents as well when we went into the city, and then of course at the very end of the project you'll do a record set, mm-hmm. which is because you know how things can change during during the course of construction, and then we had to do that record set and that's the final set that goes into Disney. Wow! But that was a great job. It lasted that project lasted maybe eight to ten months. Mm-hmm. It a long time in the design process, and then when they were up there doing the work, it took it took a good four months I think three to four months but the other thing they were doing as well and this was amazing I remember coming down off the scaffolding once and I came down to the ground level and there was one of the workmen was there, he was one of the painters and he had a palette in his hand and a little paintbrush and he was painting
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of the columns just like an artist because it's not like you come along and spray paint it it's not all one uniform colour a one uniform application, everything was themed to look like a stone, a thinner stone. It, they, if they were meticulous to detail.
0: That's amazing. Absolutely
1: meticulous. It was, oh. It's wonderful. The workmanship there, the craftsmen. it's craftsmanship mm-hmm. really at this stage. Yeah. You know, especially with the painters, everything is themed. Everything we do over there, we have to make sure that the, the guests cannot see really what's happening behind. The illusion has to be maintained. So if there's a piece of equipment, and we're actually putting putting some HVAC and boilers and equipment on a roof in downtown, not downtown Main Street Disney, and you can see maybe the top two feet. So we have to screen it all, and oh, the screen wall has to match the other walls there, and you know with the the coping and all that. Uh, so that's part of it as well. It's not just going up to replace equipment.
0: No. No, definitely, and keeping in kin with that magic of Disney. So that that's been that was so interesting to hear, and you really went into detail. I loved it. And then now you have your own firm, correct? Mm-hmm. So walk us through kind of how you started your own firm, or what was the transition where you decided I'm going to do to have my own firm.
1: When I started getting the Disney work, and I realized that I really liked, I enjoyed it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't want to do the wildest work anymore. And I was still with my husband, and I remember saying to him that um, I'd like to grow out on my own, you know, I'd like to have my own firm. And then initially he wasn't too keen on that idea. <laughs> so I didn't say too much and I just let it go. And then every couple of months I'd bring it up again. So after about a year, maybe a year and a half, it took a while. And he said, yeah, it might be a good idea because his firm is going to be taken over by another firm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what happened. And I thought, well, If this other firm is coming in, I don't want them to have my work. I don't want them to tell me how to do my work because that's what happens. So I stressed to him the urgency of my going out on my own. And that's what happened. And I had a little project in Disney and I started off with that. And then I had to, the legwork you have to do to start your own business. It's just staggering. And, you know, I pity people who have to do it because I didn't realize how much red tape I had to go through. You have to register with the state, with the federal government, if you want to get work with them, you know, and all your banks and there's all these other agencies. SAM, and then you need a DUNS number and then you need to set up an accounting system. And they couldn't really find a really good accounting system for architects or engineers. Mm -hmm. I don't know one yet. And then you have to get your premises and get your lease, then you have to get workers who come in with you and that that is actually the most challenging part is finding somebody good who will come in and stay with you and, and somebody who doesn't overblow their capabilities, which everybody does and oh, I find it over here maybe a lot of people overblow what they what they can do, and it's very discouraging once you get down the line and after three months you're scratching your head going, my gosh I thought this person said they could do, do details and they haven't an idea how to blow their way out of a wet paper bag let alone create a detail themselves. They'd have to draw everything by hand or whatever and give it to them and you end up educating somebody who you thought was already educated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and that means you to go out and look for somebody else again and that to me is the most challenging part. I do my own bookkeeping. Most weekends I go in to do about a couple of hours on the weekends. My office is only two miles away. Oh, wow. And it's okay. air-conditioned. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> mind going in at all.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I like going in sometimes. And because it's so near, you know, it's, it's no big deal. And then if I need to catch up with anything, I do. I work five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. When I go on vacation or back over to Ireland, I take my laptop. And I work there in the morning mm-hmm. just to keep on tabs or, you know no what's happening and make sure I can reply to my clients and look after them.
0: So what kind of projects are you working on right now?
1: We still have the Disney. Okay. It came back after the two years hiatus okay. of, because of COVID. So they've come back. I haven't taken up on as much as I normally do. I had, I had to turn down a few projects.
0: It's good though, I mean
1: Well, not really because I want to keep, and I have I think three, three projects with them at the moment in can various stages. Uh, but then I got into, I got into skilled nursing facilities,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they call them SCIFs. skiffs. SCIFs, hmm. and most of them are up there by the Pasadena-Silmar area. So I have a number of those going on at the moment and they're all the big projects, these are existing facilities. And we're renovating some of them or some of them have been converted one of them has been converted into an STP, which is a specialized treatment center. So now we're dealing with, with HKI, which used to be called OshPod. Okay. Which is the state body that governs it, governs all the so instead of submitting your drawings to the city to be reviewed, they go to HKI and HKI will review them. I see. Uh, what else were you doing? We're doing Odds, bits and pieces, we have some commercial tenant improvements that we're doing. Mike ended up working for me, my Mm -hmm. husband, and he does a lot of residential. Okay. And he's really, really good at it. That's what he started out doing, residential, Mm -hmm. many, many years ago when he was back in New York, Long Island. Mm -hmm. Now he's back doing it again.
0: Should have both of you on one day. I think
1: that would be fun. (laughs) Me and Mike? (laughs) You and Mike, yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't get a word. No. Uh, Edgewise, Uh, edgewise. he'd be talking non-stop is a great talk once you get him going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm really, I I admire how you did decide to go on your own. I know I've started to kind of look into it and I there are so many obstacles as far as like the bureaucratic and ways of setting up, even in the state of California. So I really admire that you you took it on and that you do have your own firm because I hope to soon have my own as well. So I just have the, the California exam. And I was curious, when you took your exams, that was in the 90s here, 90s, 80s?
1: When did we move in here? We moved into this house, 2001, 1999, 2000.
0: Okay. And, because you mentioned the interview process, which mm-hmm. I no longer have to go through. We have no interview, we just have six national exams and then the California.
1: Makes sense.
0: So it's much different. Yeah. And yeah. what was your exam experience like?
1: Um, let me see, so they had, we had seven exams. Okay, We had two. And one that I didn't get the first time, actually there were two, one was building design and the other was site design. And I was so sure I had the site design because a lot of it is civil work. I'm going, I know my invert levels. I was, I was, I was outraged I didn't get it. Now, the building design, because I didn't get that on the first go, I wasn't, too, I, I wasn't too upset about it because it was very challenging. It was eight hours long. Wow. long. Long day. So I wasn't too bothered about that. But I remember thinking, I know I must have made a mistake somehow. So I went back to restudy it. And I knew I'd probably get the silver one again, the site design. But the billing one was the, the biggie. And I thought I had to get that one. Because everything else I got the law, mm-hmm. and we had two structural exams. Wow. And I got those, everything else. So. And then I figured out you know what? They're looking for the exiting. Mm-hmm. And really, that's what they're looking for this code. So when I went back to do it, and this time it wasn't paper, because it was paper the first time, this time it's a computer so that I know what I'll do. And I got my exits, got those sorted out in each end of the building, and then everything else fell into place and got it done. Wow. But I had to study. And I remember going, I didn't do any courses. I didn't go into in, in any seminars, but I just had the books. And I remember Mike had some books that he loaned me as well. So I, I would, you know, when the children were small, I remember in the afternoon, in the evening, when they go to bed and I'd study. I'm not a great studier though. I'm better at doing things. Mm-hmm. Don't remember everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a quick look the night before, make sure, just in case. And of course, you know what happens when you do that—the quick mm-hmm. look. Those questions never come up. No, never. not at all. So eventually, I did get it. I had to. Um, I was living in Santa Rosa, and I had to travel down here for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember it initially when I started, but um, then I had I had the interview. I don't. I think I didn't pass the first interview, as far as I remember.
0: What kind of questions do they ask you? So what they they do is
1: at the interview is that they they give you a set of drawings, 11 by 17. It's a project that you're looking at. They'll give you a set of drawings, and then you'll review them before you go in. And then you go in, of course, without them. And they'll ask you a ton of questions about the project.
0: Really? Interesting. And I was terrified. I I mean, there could be...
1: Anything. Anything, yeah. I do remember one of the questions they asked me was, okay, so tell me what kind of consultants you would have to hire for this project. Well, you know you need your soils <laughs> engineer, yeah. you need your civil, you need your MEP, you need your structural, you need the architect, interior designer. Do you need that? Maybe?
0: Sounds like, yeah. And then you just yeah. <laughs> you, you, need,
1: you need everybody because it's a brand new project.
0: Right. Yeah. That's interesting. But
1: they were very nice. And they mm. had a tape recorder on the table.
0: Oh, really? Just like
1: here, similar, <laughs> you know. So your answers would be on that. Oh, you know, wow. The, the whole thing was recorded. It took about 20 minutes, half an hour maybe.
0: That's it? Yeah. Wow.
1: Very hmm. nice. Hmm. Very nice people.
0: Hmm. I wonder why they no longer do the interview. Be I cool.
1: don't think it's really relevant. How much can you get to know about somebody in an interview? It's yeah. all so subjective,
0: mm-hmm. isn't it? Oh, absolutely! You
1: want somebody who knows their information there and then. It's it's an exam. You don't have an interview if you're coming an M.D. or solicitor, do you? Or attorney?
0: No. Anybody I don't else? Think
1: so. Any other profession?
0: I don't think so. Not that I know of. Hmm. It's interesting.
1: So they've actually streamlined it, the whole process. I think
0: it does seem like it. Yeah. though, yeah. It's much more. It's all online. You can even take your exams at home now. I took one on a, at home. <laughs> didn't go very well, but it was uh, so. That was, that's been different. But you, you, I can't believe I didn't mention it. You, of course, had little children while you were studying and pursuing architecture. How was balancing all of that or juggling?
1: It was difficult when I would had to start at the. Job would start at 7am, 7, 7 to 5. So I'd have to drop them off early and come home. And I'm sitting back thinking, now, oh, how did I do it? How did we even eat? I and mean, Who did the cooking? I've totally forgotten it all. But it it, it it had to be me, I suppose. And I would come home and cook dinner. Maybe had something on a crock pot. I don't know, but I do remember once Kiefer got sick. She was about three or four, four, four maybe. And I brought her into work with me because I knew one of the other women there she was working, she was doing the bookkeeping, and she had her daughter or son in when they were sick. She had it with her in the room. So I took Keith in with me, um, but they did approach me and at the end of the day and said it probably wasn't the done thing. But I had nothing, I mean, but what else can I do? No, Take yeah. off work?
0: No, you can't.
1: Well, you can, you have to. You do. Oh, you, oh yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. It's just like any other job. But if you have a project or something that you want to work on, then you have deadlines, uh, maybe you can miss one day, maybe I don't know about two or three,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's good to have some backup,
0: yeah
1: and have the flexibility.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: but they managed, they all survived. everybody's all <laughs> grown up. funny thing is that none of them ended up doing architecture. I mean Mike had two daughters and my son and daughter. We're both architects, nobody nobody.
0: Yeah, I'll be the first in my family. So we'll see if, yeah, anything. if it yeah. comes into the next generation. Same here. Same, same here. Same, same first. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think women in architecture are great. I think they're treated fairly well. Better than in other professions because I worked with another company for about three years. It was not architecture at all and it was a big corporate company and women were treated differently there. Hmm. It was a mo- more of a male dominated environment and structured as well. And I know you'll get that to some degree maybe in architecture but I think in architecture it's expected that women will be part of it. Maybe mm-hmm. not so much like structural engineering or that, or mechanical plumbing or mechanical engineering. But in architecture, we see more, we see more women and I find them very capable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think they're usually on par, paid on par with the men, and they're treated with respect. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great, great career for women. One thing I found odd was that any time I would advertise, Or a position, be it a job captain or an architect, I think only twice I got women applicants. The rest were all men. And I've been scratching my head thinking, where are the women? Mm -hmm. Because I'd love them to come in and interview with me. I don't know where they are. And I also thought, I mean, am I wrong in thinking this? Is that I'm in the position where I can give a woman architect or a male, you know, for that sense um, a part-time job because I know people have families mm-hmm. and if they want to work maybe 20 or 30 hours a week I can do that I'll easily accommodate that but it never happened hmm. and I put in advertisements for people saying look you know, I can offer 20 hours a week or whatever nothing no no takers
0: in your Isn't that, odd? that is odd and in when you were in school were there a lot of females or was no it? in my college
1: there were just two of us in the wow. whole school Wow Two. All the rest were men. Guys.
0: Young guys. Do you keep in contact with the other woman?
1: No, I lost contact. I know she ended up marrying a civil engineer and she was in Dublin. And I don't know what she did. And She Mm -hmm. had a few children. Lovely home. Never kept in contact. Lost contact. But she can find me. Mm -hmm. I mean, mum, Google my name. I'm (laughs) easy. I come up.
0: (laughs) You do, you do. No.
1: (laughs) But if if I was a last thought or something or just a Commentary would would be you'd never know where your journey is going to go. Just go with it because having very hard and fast rules, you know, a set rules really is going to go against the grain because you are going to come up against situations where you have to you have to make a change and you have to make a decision. And I did that. I mean, I was in and out of the architectural business for a while, and but I always wanted to get back into it, and eventually I did. So just go with the flow and if you're really into architecture, it will happen. Plenty of opportunities out there, and it's not just doing, you know, some people will just do all design, some people will do all residential, some people will be doing hospitals, some people will be doing commercials or theatres, and a lot of the times you'll find architects get not not stuck in that niche, but maybe they, they become a, an expert in that niche, and that's wonderful if that's what you want to do. But if it's not what you want to do, be careful you don't get stuck there because very large firms have that structure where they have a group of people who will do nothing but theatres and another group of people who'll do nothing but curtain walls, mm-hmm. you know, or roofs or, or other little various niches. So you have to be you have to be aware of that. If you want an overall experience, go with a smaller firm where you'll get exposed to everything.
0: Absolutely, that's. I've always worked with smaller firms because you do you go from you touch on every phase of the project that you otherwise wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on to From the Honeycomb. I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's been super fun to hear about kind of your past experiences, getting a little insight into some Disney magic. So I really, I love that. I love it. So I don't
1: know if I'm supposed to talk about Disney. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to. Uh, we'll but it is what
0: it is. It right? is. No, it's, it's very, very informative. So thank you again for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. It's lovely. All right. Wow, it was so fascinating to hear about the the behind-the-scenes of Disney architecture, and also especially hearing about the exam process um, that Catherine went through to then going out on her own, all while having children. I, Catherine, you are really an inspiration, and I am so grateful to have had you on the podcast. And thank you so much for sharing with us the evolution of your career. And if you like this episode, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at fromthehoneycombpodcast. Thank you so much and see you next week.